This is Ian, a.k.a. What Son, a.k.a. Michael K. Y'all listening to... What you listening to? Up in the Mix. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Up in the Mix, coming to you hot from the Honeycomb Hideout. This is Sean, aka The Truth, aka The Super Nicest, aka The Non-Star, aka Not the Black Dude That You Thought I Was. This is Caesar, aka De La Foto, your favorite neighborhood Mexican, Ernesto, Captain Cooler Coach, Mr. Brunch, your local also, got Bobby with the dad body, the brown man in the yacht club. How the fuck did he get here? El Hombre de Hanta, the habitual line crosser, the honey badger, the fucking baby whisperer, and track suit. And this <laughs> is another episode of Up in the Mix coming to you straight from the Honeycomb Hideout. Caesar, what's good? How's your week? <sighs> Week's been good. You know, moving to a new place, slowly putting things together. You know, feeling uh, we still need like a little bit of furniture. Mom, you know, gonna get it for us. You know, as a moving in present. So, other than that, just you know, working on the house and working from home. Doing uh doing adulting, which is uh, adulting at a hundred right now. <laughs> How's baby Leia adjusting to having all that free space? She's running around. She's running around, <laughs> like uh, causing mayhem, going into places where she shouldn't go, and just normal like two-year-old stuff. You know, everything like it's, everything's hers now. She everything to share it with anyone. Yeah, I'm like you got a you got a house now, Leia. Have fun. <laughs> I only have a little room in the corner for my office. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Which would be partially hers. Yes, as well. She goes in there and like tries to take all my things. And she lately she's been like in taking my hats and like looking at me, taking it and running because she wants to like play. And I'm like, go ahead and have it. I got a hundred more. <laughs> <laughs> and then when she finally realizes, she just like puts it on, comes back, and then like she tries to lure me away in other ways. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Yes, you know, just baby stuff. You know, it's awesome stuff. Nice. How's your week? Uh, it was good. Gave uh, we're we're four weeks into the school year. How's that? <laughs> gave uh, gave the students their first test Ooh. to check out. You know, like kind of see their yeah. progress, how mm-hmm. things are working out. Try and get a feel for things, and uh, you know, like at first, I, I was I was grading them. I'm like, I didn't mm. think I made this that hard. <laughs> And cause, like some of these answers, but then like I, I went to the next period and it was, it was more along the lines of what I thought. And I was like, okay, like this is it. Like it was an open note test. I gave them, I gave them seven like short response questions yeah. about the, the uh, it's all on the influences of the constitution and the founding fathers. And they, they had to answer five of them. So, and I was like, man, some of these kids did not read the directions, even though I explained, like some of them were answering all seven Uh and just the, the, like, but the good thing is, is like when they do that, you can tell when they're bullshitting. That's why, you know, like, like this kid has no idea what he's talking about. You have more data. (laughs) Yeah. Like this, you're just, you're just throwing shit at the wall here to see if it sticks. And it's an open note, like kids learn how to skim paragraphs real quick. Learn how to like use your notes to, you know, start flexing on the notes. It's easy. Well, they're lazy. Yeah. So one. No, that's why you skim. Like skimming, like. But like, don't they don't even do that. I I wasn't that you know good, but it's just like you learn 
you learn some skills like skimming through paragraphs be like okay you find keywords boom 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 this so sounds that's not good how, read see, see these are 21st century kids oh, so google like one i put all the <laughs> notes online so like uh, on, on teams so they can see them so a lot of them don't pay attention when i'm talking or aren't, aren't listening they when don't i'm even go to teams. explaining <laughs> the notes or they just take a picture of the notes and they think like oh I will be able to remember what this is later on, and but like, you got to be able to you know connect the things and pay attention. And yeah. I'm like, I put links to all, you know, there's like ten different YouTube videos we watch explaining <laughs> the. No- I'm like, the links to everything are online. Yeah. If you weren't here or you didn't pay attention, like, go through and watch the videos. That will help you understand what you just mindlessly wrote down yes. when you weren't paying attention. But you know, you can lead a horse to water, can make him drink. All right. Little Della photo tip, kids. Since you took a photo of it while you're on while you're in the John, you could read it. You know, <laughs> boom. You just need to read it once, and then after that, you could skim through. This it. message is not up in the mix approved because <laughs> I do not believe you should ta- be taking the phone with you into the bathroom when you're on the toilet. It's disgusting and unhygienic. Don't do it. <laughs> these are these are high school kids. They're uh, definitely unhygienic. <laughs> like you're, yeah, you they're know? mask. They're they're mouth wearing like the masks down <laughs> over their mouth like. Hey, yeah. bro, can you pull that over your nose? Because that's the whole point of that's this. That's the point, yeah. To keep your germs within your zone. Yeah, I'm like, as like just everyday new kids are getting, you know, COVID diagnosis, like, come on, man, put mm-hmm. your mask on. <laughs> oh, so, but anyways. We digress like usual. We do. We have we're we have a guest. We're here for a reason this fine Saturday morning. We have a special guest. This man is a musician. He's a drummer. I've played several shows with him. He's also a journalist and i don't even know what else he has going on <laughs> in his life but he is the founder of this is reno and his name is bob conrad welcome to up with a mix bob welcome thank you so much mm-hmm. uh, can i can i make a minor correction yes yes yeah um drummer and musician sometimes are are not the same thing Ooh. you may have not heard that joke yet <laughs> oh no I've... but 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 throw this at your drummer sometime and say, I, are you a drummer or are you a musician? <laughs> I know the answer to that to one of my drummer friends. Yeah. He's definitely a drummer and not a musician. <laughs> no offense to any drummers out yeah. there, but if you're in a band or you've, you've been, you know the difference. Yeah. You know yeah, the difference. Yeah. So I do study drums, but yes, I, so I don't know. I guess you could say I'm a musician, but some people might argue that. <laughs> <laughs> Just by the fact that I have yeah. two sticks and I beat them on things <laughs> well i mean you you feel i feel like you have rhythm and you know what you're doing so thank you there the, I, I think that qualifies you as a musician you're not just a mechanical drummer yeah. and just, i can read the notes too well that's, yeah that's, that's, yeah. Important. that's more musician than yeah, yeah. i don't on. if they mm. go up and down like like musical notes mm-hmm. i can't read that uh. yeah it's, they gotta go in this direction like just, <laughs> just on a horizontal line yeah <laughs> like a book <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, welcome to the show, first of all. Second of all, tell us about yourself. Where are you from? And uh, like, how did you end up where you are? Wow. Uh, that's a long... <laughs> right? Just tell us your entire life story. Yeah, and partially sorted tale, I guess. Uh, uh, born, partially raised in Texas, uh, but moved here when I was really young, uh, approximately, I guess, first grade uh, to Carson City. Um, and then came to Reno in 1990 to go to school, and I've never left. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so you've I'm, seen Reno 
glow up, as the kids would say. <laughs> yeah, Reno's uh, changed a lot. It's going to continue to change. Definitely. And yeah. um, I, I think that's one thing we can count on, is that Reno will be changing for a long time. Yes. Especially with the economy and the state of the world we're in right now. It's um, Yeah, I was, I was in downtown Sparks yesterday for the Rib Fest, uh, just taking photos. Mm-hmm. And I was just, sh- every time I go to downtown Sparks, I'm like, what happened here? That place has come back, because I remember Sean and I talk about in high school, how you know every thursday night the farmer's market and so much you know things to do and then all of a sudden nothing and then now boom back up again but all those high-rise hotel or like the apartments and things like the deco and stuff yeah Mm -hmm. it's crazy Mm -hmm. yeah it's the thing that there used to just be that silver club down there (laughs) and that's it (laughs) right and the the, you know the brew pubs and the Mm -hmm. the wine places and the restaurants and Mm -hmm. yeah it's amazing uh well i mean it's it's not all good, but it's, yeah, Reno has changed a lot. And, um, yeah, I've been here to witness a lot of it and, and document it, at least in the last 11 years. Um, I co-founded This Is Reno. We, a friend of mine uh, and I hatched the idea. We were actually driving through rural Nevada, and mm-hmm. it was in 2007-ish, 2008, 2009, somewhere around there. We were watching the local news ecosystem just, like, slowly, like, go down to like very little staff and yes. reporters mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i mean our, our local newspaper had used to have hundreds you know, 100 or more people mm-hmm. at least in the newsroom and um and now they're down to i don't know what maybe a dozen i mean and think about what that does for the community in terms of being informed and so the idea behind this is reno was like hey there's a little bit of a niche here that we can probably um step into and and fulfill and uh, here we are 11 years later still doing that. Uh, originally, we were more kind of press release driven, but now we're primarily focused on original reporting. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, which is very uh, time-consuming and expensive to do, and I don't think a lot of people understand that. They think you can just go online and read news for free, and there it is, and now <laughs> right. I'm informed. And, well, yeah. there's a whole lot of other stuff behind the scenes that, that happens uh, to get to that point, and it's um, it's a big, big task and it's uh like i said very expensive and um not easy to do well (laughs) right i mean it's a dying Mm -hmm. art did you did you study journalism in school or did is this something that you fell into uh a a little bit of both actually yes i was a, a journalism major in college and i actually left college not thinking i would ever actually go into journalism as a field um and that was uh I, I don't know why that was in hindsight, but uh, I didn't feel like the jobs available for what I wanted to do as a, as a potential journalist were really out there in the community. So I guess ultimately it took a took quite a while after I graduated to create my own thing and do what I wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I think. I think we're doing okay with that a little bit. I I, I would agree. Oh, yeah, thank yeah, you. No, thank you. Thank thank you for reading too. It's, it's important. Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked. You talked about. I, I remember as a kid. I I grew up in a newspaper household. Like we growing up in the Bay Area, San Francisco Chronicle every day, the Oakland Tribune, and then even when we moved here, my parents still got the Chronicle delivered uh, every weekend on Saturday and Sunday. And reading the RGJ and then the Sparks Tribune as well. Like my brother delivered the Sparks Tribune for a while. I always was reading newspapers and just to see how it's changed over time. And like, especially the RGJ, it's, I don't want to say it's worthless, but I mean, I do have a subscription, but it's like, 
It's tough sometimes. There's not, yeah. you know, like when I was a kid, you know, there were certain columnists I read, like Corey Farley, uh, Joe Santoro, you know, like these local guys who reported on local things and, and kept you informed of what was going on in the community. And I feel like that's completely lost from the the major, you know, newspaper we have in this area. Yeah, the newspapers are becoming a thing of the past. And I don't think a lot of people understand that, you know, you, you buy a subscription or you mm-hmm. used to buy a subscription to the newspaper. And now we're trying to do that on an online format and that just angers people. It's like, well, did you go steal your neighbor's newspaper? Is that how you were informed <laughs> right, yeah. 20 years ago? <laughs> right. It, it's, you know, it's it's a under, I think, reported on or talked about issue in these times of misinformation and only things where, you know, people were more informed because they read a local newspaper that was just reporting on the things locally. So that kept you grounded, at least in your local community. And then, you know, what was going on nationally, you, you went from there. And I think that that especially local component has been lost because, like you said, there's not, it's hard to make a profit and it's expensive, especially the way newspapers are now. Yeah, and I, you know, I remember as far back as uh, the the early '80s. Um, I was a paper boy in Carson City, and I delivered not one, not two, but actually three papers. Ooh. Yeah, so I, at different points, I delivered the um, uh, the Nevada Appeal, I believe, uh, what was then called the Reno Evening Gazette. Yeah, okay. Oh, I forgot about that. And then the Nevada State Journal. So the the Reno Evening Gazette was the afternoon evening yeah. paper, and then the Nevada State Journal was the morning paper. Mm. We don't have either of those Nothing. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we have the Reno Gazette Journal, which yeah. was the merger of the two when they were bought out by a, a large corporate um, entity. And so I think that's a that's another um, issue about journalism is like the ownership is right. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and that that is a huge thing. And I don't know if people know this, but most. All of the major publications or news outlets in the Reno area are not locally owned. Mm-hmm. Corporations, e- yeah. Even the R&R, the Reno News and Review, the online, right, right. now online mm-hmm. only, uh, is owned out of California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the uh, Reno Business Weekly or whatever it's called, I guess it's back to the Northern Nevada Business Weekly, is actually owned by a, a company, I believe they're used to be headquartered in the Denver or Colorado area, um, but they own a whole family of publications in Reno, uh, Carson Valley, Fallon, I think, still, Tahoe. Um, and uh, I, I don't think they're locally owned, but I could mm-hmm. be wrong about that. Um, the Gazette, RGJ, is obviously owned by a, a really large corporation, and all the TV news stations are owned by out-of-state entities. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I mean, when you think about that, that's, there's so many implications with that, you know, who's owning what, that your source of information, like, I I think you've seen the the videos where, you know, they show the similar little editorials that, you know, the news organizations read on TV that are provided to them by, you know, their parent company or whatever, Mm -hmm. and it's just, people don't know these things, you know, we talk about a free press, but just because it's free from state control doesn't mean there's other... There's not other outside influences. Other fingers, and they're molding to what they want and what their investors want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned the money part of it because that's a big deal. So when you advertise on, let's say, 248, uh, where does that money go? Right. And how much of that stays in the local market? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe all, maybe most of it, 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I would suspect not. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do know that, that the personnel is the largest expense of a news organization. So obviously a lot of that will be going to, to pay for them. And that's a very good thing. But um, when you have that sort of external outside influence on how you're reporting something locally, it's it can have an impact. Mm-hmm. So does this influence uh, you and you said your, your, your partner when you guys were discussing the concept for this is Reno. How did you go from, you know, you said you were driving through rural Nevada. How did it go from that to where we are now, where you guys are pissing off all sorts Everybody. of local people? <laughs> are we? In, a, in the best way possible. Yeah. I feel like that's the, if you're not making the powers that be mad, you're not doing your job exactly. as a journalist. You got to yeah. make, got to make waves. Out Someone's got to hold them accountable. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, well, a, I should, I should, say that I don't have the intention to make people mad. That's, you know, I don't wake up and say, who can I piss off today? <laughs> you know, you got, uh, you got your list yeah, <laughs> um, every morning. And I will say that, that it, in most cases it, it's, it's the um, uh, sort of refusal or hesitance to answer questions that we like to ask. That right. is what I think mm-hmm. really starts the process of making people upset <laughs> roughly uh, <my> feathers <laughs> yeah so you know that a lot of people just don't like you know especially if they're on the you know getting paid by taxpayers get a little uh, prickly when you start asking them questions about things and especially if it doesn't fit the narrative they're trying to put forward mm-hmm. right. and and that's um i think a lot of where that comes from but you know how did we get here we we launched the site uh ryan jurs he he was the the guy he had the domain name this is reno we set it up and we started publishing news releases and started running uh, local opinion columns, and this was back in 2009, and we just started doing it. And after five years of, of doing that and then gradually getting interns, mm-hmm. so we would get student interns to come write for us, and you know, started we just gradually started doing more and more local content, uh, original content. And uh, in 2015, I, I left state service and started doing it full-time, or more on a full-time basis. And um, it's been a big struggle, but, uh, you know, I, I think we are having some impact. So, yeah. Oh, definitely. Just a lot of work. <laughs> I mean, especially, I think, I feel like the last couple of years, of you guys, I've just seen more and more content from you guys. Yes. And we've kept informed from your stories about what's going on locally as we've become more engaged uh, in, you know, the, 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 the legal and uh, political process here locally. Uh, I mean, you guys are the best source for the most part of reporting when it comes to a lot of these things. Uh, uh, you know, the Nevada Independent as well, but all of these local or local news organizations that are doing this, the hard work. This is this is what makes you know. This is one of the pillars of democracy, and uh, it's not something that's done very often. So, salute to you guys yes. and thank you. And uh, this process, it was it. Have there been times when you've you've <laughs> regretted uh, this this decision or, or had second thoughts about yeah. what, oh, what you've yes. chosen to do? <laughs> oh yes, yes. There's been days where I'm just like, "That's it, I'm done, I'm done, mm-hmm. shutting it down." Um, most pronounced was in uh, March of 2020 for mm. obvious reasons. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I hope um, we uh, we saw that uh, pretty much overnight all the events were canceled for uh, in indefinite amount of time, and that subsequently um, meant that we lost a lot of advertising dollars. So I thought by May, maybe mid-May of 2020, we were going to be done. 
Like okay. that was it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was it. Mm-hmm. I thought we're done. We're done pulling the plug. You know, gonna fizzle out and refund our subscribers and then call it a day. That's yeah. that's mm-hmm. honestly what where my headspace was for um, a good month uh, while the pandemic was uh, starting. But the the interesting thing happened was um, the demand for the news went up insanely. Uh, like Ooh. we tripled our website traffic in April and May of 2020. Oh, nice! Wow. Because people like needed that, you know. They, they needed to what's be informed going on with the yeah. pandemic since they yeah. can't leave their house, like, you know. Right, right. Um, so people were just desperate. I'm like, well, how could I shut down <laughs> just <laughs> when more people want to yeah. want to hop on this? So we, uh, thank goodness, we got mm. some emergency funding uh, through uh, a foundation called the Local Media Foundation that was provided by uh, Facebook and I believe Google. They they pretty quickly saw what was going to be happening as a result of the pandemic to their own platforms. So they had a vested interest in making sure operations like ours uh, stayed afloat. So I feel very fortunate and uh, blessed that we were able to do that. And that allowed us to hire Jerry Chadwell, our main, yeah, Mm -hmm. our main reporter, Mm -hmm. uh, who's amazing. And she is, uh, just been kicking ass for yeah. a year and a half now she, yeah, for she's us. awesome mm-hmm. yeah in fact i've i've got to beat this thing this afternoon um where, she, where her and i are gonna maybe tag team on a a, a cool story that Ooh. we got that we're gonna nice. cover today so and we can maybe talk about that later too it's a, i think a, an important issue but um so yeah there's uh i mean there's three of us there's uh jerry she's our lead reporter and and city editor there's myself who kind of I've pulled back a, a little bit from writing stories and, and focus, uh, I focus now more on um, kind of running the, steering the ship, I guess you could <laughs> the say. Business, and, the and business the, the business, side. Yeah, yeah, the business side. And I, I do like to, I file probably a good two stories a week and, you know, I'm out doing videos and things mm-hmm. like that, stuff I like to do. And, and then uh, Kristen Hackbarth is really, she's sort of our, our rock, our anchor, and she, um is our editor, and she's actually filing more stories, which makes me so happy. She's just <laughs> incredibly talented, uh, smart, got the best sense of humor of probably most anyone I know. And the, the three of us were really the, the, the three people driving it. And then we just have a crew of incredible freelancers, um, you know, part-time contractors and things like that mm-hmm. that are just killing it on a daily basis. And then we just get people who randomly send us stuff. You know, I we were attached uh, – a approached by a high school student this summer to run some stories and i said yeah (laughs) send it (laughs) we'll pay you Mm -hmm. (laughs) not a lot but we'll pay you uh so we run i think two stories from her um and you know just try to be community focused it's not Mm -hmm. always easy because you know um you can't be all things to all people especially when you're trying to be a community focused organization um so anyway, I don't know what else I could say about that. But. <laughs> no, no, that's great. Um, you talk about you know fo- focusing on the community. There's a lot of issue you guys have covered in the last 18 months that are contentious, and have your reporters have been in harm's way, and uh, you've had conflicts with the the Reno Police Department. How do you how do you handle all these things as a professional? When you're just doing, I mean, I, I'm a big sports fan, and whenever an athlete is rude to a journalist, like people stick up for the journalist, like they usually don't take the side of the athlete. But I feel like the opposite is true when it comes to public officials and 
there, I think, I mean, especially over the last five years, just the respect of reporters has, has gone, you know, especially on in the toilet. Si- <laughs> yeah, especially on certain in certain yeah. political belief systems that yes, you you guys are some you know agent of I don't know the Illuminati or whatever conspiracy (laughs) that they follow how how do you deal with that yeah oh well you know we started seeing the signs of this back in 2016 Ty O'Neill who's our uh, you know he's our our chief uh, photojournalist uh, was covering a Trump uh, gathering I think it was at the Atlantis or one of the casinos Mm -hmm. and there was a pro and anti-Trump rally and he was assaulted by a um, anti-Trump protester Mm -hmm. um and then the pro-Trump uh, people were, you know, giving us, giving him the middle finger and all that stuff. And and that hasn't changed. Yeah, yeah. That, right. has, that has not changed. And um, yeah, so I think it's become more uh, popular and acceptable to denigrate journalists. Um, and it, frankly, I've done it myself. So I, you know, I'm not, you know, absolving myself of, of that responsibility. Um, you know, journalism for many years has kind of had a stranglehold on the flow of information. And that has changed since, you know, MySpace and Facebook and YouTube and yeah. Twitter. And now everybody has a voice and average citizens can, um, you know, have more of a voice in your local mm-hmm. newspaper. Yeah. And, and that's that's not a bad thing. Uh, it can be a bad thing, yeah, as have we seen with mis- misinformation with the pandemic and things like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it is discouraging. It is frustrating. Um, and it's I think it's most frustrating for me when I see it come from people on the left side of the political spectrum who literally have uh, adopted the language of the, the Trump folks and, you know, called us fake news and, right. you know, assaulted us and whatever else and spit on us or, you know, whatever the case is. And, and we do get that from both sides. Um, and I, I would say that's discouraging. You know, part of it, I think, is just a... a, a it's ignorance about the journalistic process, and yeah. I don't think we've done a good job of, of talking about why we do what we do and how we do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, why do we talk to some people and not, uh, not others, for example, or how do we edit and how do we fact check things and why do we fact check? And, um, you know, I guess to answer your question, Sean, uh, I, I consider us to have a pretty laissez-faire platform as far as, like, if you want to just sip into an opinion article or an article on something, the no, there's a good chance we would run it with the one caveat, which is we fact check. Right. So we lost um, a lot of opinion. You know, people who were submitting opinions last fall when we said, you know what, we're we're putting out stuff that's really just not true and yeah. it's blatantly not true. So um, we're going to start fact checking this and saying, hey, you know, we're going to treat it like a news story. And uh, we quickly lost a lot of people who stopped submitting <laughs> just garbage opinions. Mm-hmm. Frankly, that were, you know. You know, the the election was stolen or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. stuff that's just like really not true. It's just politically driven, but not uh, factually driven. Um, And that that's uh, been discouraging, discouraging. But, yeah, we you know, we we have been. um, uh, Well, I guess in hindsight, 2020 was a rough year on everybody. And, you know, when when people are already frustrated and a journalist comes along, starts asking questions and they're very pointed and direct questions or in the case of RPD, you mentioned, you know, they put out this this um, commercial saying, you know, we're here to do our part for the pandemic and all of our officers are going to be masks and you're going to see them out in the community wearing masks. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, we were out in the community and we weren't seeing them wearing masks. Right. And so we said, well, what happened to this a month ago yeah. where... You know, and it was played on all the TV news stations, this nice PR campaign about we're wearing our masks Mm -hmm. and doing our part. Well, 
that wasn't true or it wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. So when you start asking about that, they get mad at you. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's been – and we do have a, a lawsuit against the uh, Reno Police Department at, at this point in time for not following the public records laws. Mm -hmm. And that's that one I think is pretty straightforward. And I that, Yeah, that's – Something I wanted to ask you about. I see you put in yeah. these public requests all the time. Yeah. You know, this is the law. Like, yeah. you, you know, this information is public. It, you're allowed to see it. And it seems like a lot of times you get denied or they give you the runaround. How are they justifying blatantly going in the face of this very straightforward law? They don't. <laughs> in fact, they say literally the the motion the 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 response to our our writ. I guess not technically. I mean, I guess it's a lawsuit, but it's a writ. Is is the complaint that we have was, well, he he ultimately got the record, so we didn't violate the law. Well, that's not what the law says. The law says you have to respond within a certain amount of time, and if you're going to deny for whatever reasons, you have to provide a you know somewhat robust yeah. explanation. They failed on both accounts. Oh dang! <laughs> so that's that's why we yeah. we sued in part, um, and you know it just I mean a lot of it just comes down to the refusal to answer questions. So when when I get a government entity that doesn't respond to questions or doesn't ask, then I just start, I just start filing records orders yeah. and say, okay, well send me your email, send me your cell phone text messages. If you're not going to talk to me, I'll get the information somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that makes them upset, too. Yeah. Which is weird because I worked in gov government for many years, and people would con connect, you know, contact me for that information, and I would provide it. I felt like that was our obligation. So I guess um, maybe people don't see it the way I used to. <laughs> <laughs> the transparency yeah. is, a, is a huge issue. In it's, it's big. All levels of our government yes. and society, I guess. Yeah. And I would say the larger issue with, with a lot of that and what's happening is is really that our, I don't see a lot of evidence that our local officials are holding these people to account. Some of that is by necessity. So with the RPD case, I mean, they're, they're having to deal with the city attorney's office that's, that's doing a lot of this nonsense uh, in terms of how they're responding or not responding. Um, and the city officials really don't have a say over that because the city attorney is right. elected. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So he's sort of an independent operator um, and, his, and his office is as well. So, you know, you have just like different reporting structures, I guess, that, that kind of um, get in the way of that. But at the same time, there's no real outward pressure by our elected officials to ensure publicly that these people are being held to account. Yeah. And, that you know, I mean, I've seen it in certain cases. They'll come out and say, hey, this is not right and we need to do this. But when it comes to the police, they tend to clam up pretty quickly, yes, which I think is, I, frankly, it's shameful. I mean, and I don't consider myself anti-police or anti-law enforcement, but when people are doing not very cool things and treating people like garbage or kicking journalists off mm -hmm. public property, um, then, then I have a problem. And I, I hopefully most people would have a problem with that too. Well, you know, for some people, questioning the police is – Anti-police, you yeah. know, like, you know, asking, you know, not <laughs> Back accepting. Back Yeah, it's just blind allegiance, and yeah. it's so dangerous. Yeah. Especially, mm -hmm. you know, as a journalist, that's not, you're not, you're supposed to question everything. Yes, like, correct. It, and, uh, and the average think, person's to question everything, I too. I mean, like, yeah. That's what I teach my students, mm -hmm. but. Well, here's here's the great irony, and I, I, I can't name names, but I do have some um, former local law enforcement uh 
folks who are also frustrated with the lack of transparency from their former employers mm-hmm. <laughs> now that they're no longer there. Mm-hmm. And um, I you know, literally got a call from somebody a few weeks ago that said, hey, I know you're like trying to get record, records out of RPD, and I am too. And I'm like, well, you used to be a, a cop. So mm-hmm. like, what, what's, and he's like, well, I, it's maddening. They won't respond. I'm like, hey. <laughs> I started laughing. Yeah. I said, welcome to my world. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they, you know, when you talk about civ- civil liberties and transparencies, I mean, that at the end of the day, that should benefit everybody, um, having that information out there. And um, I, I think sometimes because people feel like, you know, if you're involved, you know, let's say in, you know, in law enforcement, you know, like, like it's law enforcement that's being attacked. Well, this actually benefits individuals in law enforcement too you know right. open information um and so yeah i mean it, it should apply to everybody but i think people kind of like you know draw a line in the sand say like, you're anti-us because you know yeah, yeah i mean i feel like in me yeah. i feel like yeah if you were uh, if you are a police officer you want you want you know you don't want them to make you look bad unnecessarily mm-hmm. like yeah there's you know you want the public to be on your side and instead of having this defensive attitude, you know, just be transparent and do what you're supposed to, like, follow the law. Like, it, I don't know. It, it's, as a it's teacher, been... it frustrates me when the school district messes up because they're ultimately, I'm a part of the school district. It's a reflection on me. So right. I get mad when they, you know, do these things. And I'm like, what, what is wrong with you? Like, the, <laughs> you're already facing so much scrutiny. You need to be on your best behavior and do everything you can to... I mean, like, do none of these people know basic PR? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, working with the school district has been, I, I would say, uh, probably more than most other entities in town, the most maddening as far as the ability to get clear and timely and accurate information. Uh, I do think it's gotten better in the last year, um, but there's still some problems there, I think. Um, uh, you know, when they were going after their employees with a vengeance. Yeah. Um, that was really intense. I mean, it was um, watching how they were treating their own employees was insane. I mean, it's and then they did like they did like a survey and in the survey it found that, you know, their staff was afraid to speak out and <laughs> they're afraid of retribution. And I'm like, what kind of environment like, are you running here? Like, come on. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then you're doing the, you know, and then like, yeah. So is there, is, has there been any story uh, or uh, entity that you've investigated or, or run that has been just shocking the, the response it's gotten either from the you know, who you're investigating or response from readers that, that you were surprised about? You know, um, probably the school district. You know, I, I, I think you probably have followed Trina Olson's story. Um, she was the, uh, I, I don't know the proper she, term, but she, she was, was like at a, Hug. a VP at Hug yeah, or, or yeah. an assistant principal or whatever. Um, and the way she was railroaded out of her job and the, the, the way they just completely fabricated the charges against her was just bananas. I mean, it was – it, and the fact that they got away with it is even more shocking. Um, but it really, to me, pointed to the culture within the school district of just this intense animosity toward anyone who was critical – of the administration, whether it was their own employees, even students, um, 
uh, parents, you know, they, they there was a term they used to talk about. Oh, well, we, they're a problem parent. You know, that's what they <laughs> yeah. would refer to uh, parents that complain. It was like, oh, we have another problem parent. You know, yeah. and there was like this culture of just animosity if you didn't like buy the party line that was coming out of the district administration. Uh, and that was just pervasive. I mean, that went on for three, four years approximately, that that whole situation. Yeah, because, ex- <laughs> yeah, I mean, I taught at Trainer at the time, so that was, you know, they were our feeder school, and I knew people up there and, and were involved with that, and it was just insane. I just remember reading the story being like, this is so, it's like, the, the entire incident, because wasn't she... Uh, like it involved like a student with marijuana or something, and and then they she tried like uh, reported that they they had let the student keep it, and then she got in trouble for reporting that. Hundred percent, yeah. Well, there were, well Trina's case is very complex. There was a lot of things that happened, um, and a lot of things that transpired. But the what they call the marijuana incident, I mean, I, and I'll just tell you what happened is uh, she had heard somebody reported to her that a teacher had given confiscated a wallet from a student that had cannabis in it and then gave it back and so trina reported that on up uh consulted with somebody said hey how should i you know approach this situation this is kind of puts me in a dodgy position um and the excuse was well the principal had done it once before Apparently that wasn't true, uh, but she reported it and yeah. because that's what was told to her, and she thought she was doing the right thing, and they basically claimed, you you made a false claim about your administrator, so we're going to fire you, essentially. Oh, she was repeating the claim, mm-hmm. right? right? But they, they moved to fire her, not the person who made the actual claim. Um, so that was a part of it, and then to this day, it's just bizarre, the, the contortions the school district... Uh, attorneys and their hired attorneys will go to to deny that there was actually cannabis given back to the student, even though their own paid attorney pretty much substantiated what we had reported. (laughs) I mean, and they still to this day will deny it. And it's just fucking insane. Deny it to the end. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and and I talked to the the, uh, person who actually, a an employee who actually saw the the cannabis and said it was not flakes it was not you know whatever shake or whatever mm-hmm. it was like there were actual nuggets in there oh, and, and with a recognizable odor <laughs> and <laughs> they tried to they tried to blame trina um, <laughs> on that in in a deposition they're like well did you tell bob conrad and he's like no i don't know where he got that from <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah it's insane and <laughs> i mean it was so draconian and and just um just the way they treated her. I mean, fortunately, she was able to get her job back, but, uh, you know, they just ran her through the ringer. It was mm-hmm. it was very shameful, sh- very shameful behavior by the school district. and, and, and For someone trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Precisely, yeah. And, I mean, I don't know how the district with a straight face can say, here's a person with a 20-year career, positive evaluations, no issues, no discipline, nothing, and all of a sudden we're firing her. Mm-hmm. How, I, with a straight face, how can you do that? Right. You know? Yeah. Think about that. If you work somewhere, especially if she's worked up, she worked up. She was an administrator. Like they don't, you know, <laughs> you promoted this person, and then yeah. all of a sudden you're firing them. Yeah, it was crazy, and it. I mean, it just 
go to sh- went to I, to me it, it really illustrated they had really faulty HR practices. Um, they they weren't following their own policies, um, but yet they ended up getting away with it. And I think that's the thing that's most remarkable about that whole story is they they felt like because the arbitrator told her told them they had to give her her job back and give her her back pay. They're like, well, due process was. Uh, was uh, you know we had due process so there you go there's the evidence of it and it's like well what about the forty fifty thousand dollars in attorney fees she had to pay to mm-hmm. make sure there was due process think yeah. about that yeah. most of us couldn't afford that right I I definitely can't <laughs> right sure. I mean it, it's insane and and that's that's um, that's the school districts uh, that was their their defense it was it was man just maddening. <sighs> And well, the, and and the, the the again going back to what I said about law enforcement, it also applies to the other administrators who maybe were involved in that and were part of that. Is like, look, this could be happening to you too. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the crazy thing is they like the very people who who were involved in that situation could have been a victim of it as well, and some of them arguably were. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. What? Who was told to do what in that situation to to cover their ass? Yeah, it was it was bizarre. It, the whole thing was was strange. Yeah, it completely avoidable. It feels like, like that's the thing. It's an unforced error. Like this, you know, out of all the the problems the district has, this was definitely a self inflicted wound. Like could have been completely avoided. Didn't wasn't necessary, and it's just another black eye on on the on the district. Yeah. Yeah, and they were particularly nasty to us for that reporting as well. I mean, it was. Oh, I remember reading. Yeah, <laughs> like, they were, and even to this day, we still get a little bit of pushback from some of that. So. I bet, yeah, they, you heard them in their feelers. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? How dare? How dare you question me yeah. and what I do and my, you know? Because sometimes it feels like you know, like they're laying down the law. Like, oh, you question me a little bit, I'm gonna take you all the way down. You know? Yeah, yeah, but. Which is weird because I get criticized all the time. Like hardly a day goes by. We don't get some <laughs> angry email and yeah. it's just like sometimes I go, you know what? You're right. You know, yeah, we we screwed that up really badly. We're going to make a correction. Yeah. You know, we do that almost on a weekly basis. <laughs> it's funny that people hold journalists to the standard yeah. but not uh... – Not themselves. <laughs> yeah, not themselves or like the people that are, you know, are influencing a lot of things. Like doing things, you know, for the children or the police, for the, you know, the public. They – should be held they at give a high them a pass, but yeah, they should be held at a high standard. The guy that's well. just asking questions, <laughs> yeah, screw yeah. him. Yeah. Well, let's change it up. Let's mm-hmm. talk about music. Yes. All right, cool. Yes. You how many? You, you've been a drummer for how long? <laughs> <laughs> Since I was uh, about eleven or twelve. How did you? How did you get into to drumming or uh, music? Where yeah. was how there that, an inspiration? Was there the a moment? Come or? About? It was very funny, uh, and my mom will. Uh, she denies it to this day, but my mom was very supportive. She grew up, um, yeah, as a music student. I think she went to uh, college for piano or flute, and so she was a musician. She, she told uh, my. I was raised by a you know single mother, and um, she said to my brothers and I, she says, "Well, if you join the band and you complete a full year of school in the band, I'll give you twenty dollars at the at the end of the spring semester." Yeah. We're like, deal. Money. I want my twenty Money, bucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I want my twenty bucks. So I, I signed up and I said, okay, I'll try trombone. Yeah, I was pretty good at trombone, you know, mm-hmm. fifth or sixth grade or whatever. But then when the drummer was happening behind me, I'm like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's what I want. I don't want this 
this thing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, I want the, you know, whatever the role. Yeah. You know, and so I said, Mom, you know, I'm, I know I'm playing trombone now, but I, I want to take drum lessons. Mm-hmm. And so we did. And she signed me up and nice. I started studying and, and that was it. I mean, it was. You've been hooked ever since, huh? Yeah. And I still, I still study. I've got a teacher out in New York City I, I study with on a, um, once a month. And he's like my coach. He beats me up every month over <laughs> Skype. And says, he, sometimes he literally starts yelling and it's, it's really great. And it's like, oh, man, this is like my monthly like pummeling that I, <laughs> I need to get my act together. And um, I've been studying with this guy for about six years now. Uh, he's, a, he's, he's a swing. His whole thing is swing. Oh, like interesting. A New York okay, swing okay. guy. You yeah. Know, like the old jazz or mm-hmm. the, um, and he's a, he's also a music historian, uh, and he's just a, an amazing player as well. And he's a professional drummer. He's a great guy. Daniel Glass is his name. Um, and so, yeah, I do that. Um, and you know, when I'm not playing in bands, I, I still practice almost every night, you know? Ooh. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's a passion. It, yeah. It's your, you, you it's do that. Therapy. To, yeah. I was going to say, that's no. your thing. It, it yeah. lets you. Yeah. It's Let's a release. It's all, it's, yeah. You know, they say, like, I don't know if you guys mm. have done, like, martial arts or anything, but, like, when you start, like, using, like, most of us are right or left-hand dominant or, like, you know, if we shoot guns, we're right or left-eye mm-hmm. dominant or whatever, you know. But when you do drums or martial arts or anything like that, you have to be, like, be able to express yourself with both sides of your body. Mm-hmm. And so with drums, you're doing all this coordinated, you know, like, right-hand, left-foot stuff or left-hand, right-foot mm-hmm. stuff. And it's a mind bender if you've never done it. Yeah. So I, I would encourage you come take a lesson. I'll give you guys a free lesson. Okay. okay. Just to just to see what it does to your brain because you get really confused really quickly. So for me, it's therapy. It's like, it's like I don't know what it's doing to the you know, to the brain chemistry. The crosswire, yeah, the yeah. crosswiring between the hemispheres. Yeah, and so it's a really for me it's a really good um, thing. And like you know, sometimes it, you know my wife like she'll come home and I'll just be tapping away on the pad. She's like, well, can we have a conversation? I'm like, yeah, we're having a conversation. She like wants me to shut up. <laughs> I'm like, no, this is how I'm, you know, paying attention to you as I'm doing my my physical thing too, you know, you know, whatever it is I'm practicing on the drum pad. So, yeah, it's it's a good thing. It's a lot of fun. Nice. Uh, how many are you are you currently in a band, or how many bands are you playing with right now? So, uh, good question. I, I was in this band, The Basement Tapes, and we played a couple shows together, um, uh, and we are sort of, it seems like, an indefinite hiatus. We just haven't practiced in many months. Um, but I just got picked up to be in a project with uh, uh, Pierre Marche. I don't know if you know Pierre. Mm. He's been a local drummer for many, many years. And he's Sucker Punch. Uh, he's actually the drummer for Screeching Weasel. Um, but he has been through the pandemic doing his own writing, singing, and recording. And he says, okay, called me up. He's like, what are you doing musically? I said, well, right now, not really anything. So he called me up and said, well, you want to drum for my project? I'm like, dude, you're like one of my favorite local drummers. Like, you're asking me to drum for you? That's weird. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. So we've had a few jams. We've got some songs we might be playing out here, uh, I don't know, within maybe the next few months or so. I'm not sure. That's, I don't even know the name of it yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. It, it'll come yeah. to you. Like, yeah. You know, it starts, though, with that, that creative process. Uh, uh, that's, that's cool. You know, it's mm-hmm. always good to try new things as, as a musician and, or stretch yourself. So Yeah. So, the, yeah, musically, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm also doing a – my nephew is uh, – he's, he's really uh, 
into like TikTok and things like that. Mm-hmm. So he wanted. So we were on vacation a few weeks ago, and he said, "Okay, we're gonna start a drum channel, and make you go viral on TikTok." <laughs> so I'm doing that too. That's sort of like half my project. Yeah. But I'm sort of like the guinea pig that he videotapes and laughs at, and then mm-hmm. puts it up. We put it up on TikTok. So we're trying to do like build up this little channel on TikTok as well. But and it's going okay. I mean, we have I don't know a few thousand views. I guess I don't know. No, that's it's not good. not. You gotta too, start somewhere. Yeah, yeah. baby steps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's good though. That's cool a connection between you know with your with your nephew the yeah. younger generation you know he he yeah. recognized your that you had some talent yes. yeah. <laughs> some, yeah. yeah he's gonna be your manager <laughs> yeah yeah basically he's already, he's already I, your videographer <laughs> and director of photography yeah I I, so. t- I say he's my producer but I have mm-hmm. to tell him what to do <laughs> <laughs> nope we're doing this yeah. nope we're doing that film this film that <laughs> you're the producer uh. <laughs> yeah it's a lot of fun though. Well, I think this is a good uh, time to Caesar. You, you speaking of music, you mm-hmm. have a song of the week this week to play, and we'll go into our first break. Yeah, my song of the week this week is "Family Ties" by Baby Keen, featuring Kendrick. Um, you know, especially with all this hype that Kendrick's you know album's going to come out soon, all these things. Um, the new one of the new guys in TDE. So, yeah, I've never heard of Baby Keen. This mm-hmm. is new to me. So yeah, so listen and enjoy, guys. We'll be back after the break. So. Address me unless it's with four letters. 
I thought you known better. I've been ducking the pandemic. I've been social gimmicks. I've been ducking the overnight activists. Yeah, I'm not a trending topic. I'm a polo. Y'all niggas playing with me, man. I am the Omega. DJ ain't rolling gang. S I E. Don't you address me unless it with four letters, bitch. I thought you known better. I've been ducking the pandemic. I've been ducking the social gimmicks. I've been ducking the overnight activists. Yeah, I'm not a trending topic. I'm a prophet. I answer to Metatronic every year, bitch. Looking for a better me. I am a legacy. I come from the '70s. The Al Green, offspring, guns and the melody. The big shot, wrist on cryotherapy. Soon as I press that button, nigga better get right like the emblem's coming. Us two and the light, he ain't been through nothing. They free, got at least one B in the oven. I'm tripping, I'm tricking my mental. It's Amazing, brother. Pop off only on occasions, brother. Rich nigga, mama, know I made it, brother. Go figure, never caught cases, brother. Face it, brother. Gracious, brother. New flows coming, be patient, brother. Show my ass and take out of class. I can multitask like Megan, brother. 2021, I ain't taking no prisoner. Last year, y'all fucked up all the listener. Who went platinum? I call that a visitor. Who the fuck backing them? All been falsified. The facts mean this is a vaccine and the game need me to survive. The Elohim, the rebirth. Before you get to the father, you gotta holler at me first, bitch. Smoking on top fives. Motherfuck that album, fuck that single. Burn that hard drive. Burn that shit. Ain't nobody safe when I come up killing everybody that's outside. Who you with? Yeah, Kanye changed his life, but me, I'm still an old school Gemini. Bitch. Let me jump in this bitch. Let me jump in this bitch. Two phones, but I only bring one in this bitch. One daughter, but they all my sons in this bitch. No hoes ain't shit getting done in this bitch. I'm scary, I got a gun in this bitch. Smoking on top fives. Stop playing, I'm that guy. Number two DM in my bitch. That's cool, I don't that's why. Welcome back. That was Caesar's song of the week. It was Family Ties by Baby Keem featuring Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, obviously anything with Kendrick's going to be interesting, especially on the anticipation that something's coming. Yeah, and and, he, and Baby Keem, he he said he's new to uh, to their the label, like TDE and stuff, and then who knows what's happening too because they say Kendrick's fine. This is gonna be his last album with TDE, so we'll see how it goes from there. And like even the song cover, it's just like an old picture of like it looked like a family photo and like young Kendrick, and yeah, you know, so. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll see where it goes from here. It, especially after everything that's happened last week, which we'll talk about in a second. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, all right, where are you at? And like, and a lot of people like want a lot of his stuff, but he's already talked about a lot of this stuff. And I know people want, but like he's he's done enough already. Like, yeah. But it's, you know, something else is going to come out. They just want some new music. The new music from him, but, you know, and it's good that he's waiting. Like, I like people who like wait a couple years to, you know, make an album because you have to grow as a person. You have to be able to, you know, digest your s- things that happen to you and to put a good piece of art out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, should we should we go to the news? World news. <laughs> <laughs> World news leading off this week. This is, a, you know, all uh, over. All the over the nets. Yep. Texas passed, basically passed an abortion ban. Uh, Banning, I think it's after six weeks, which it, uh, uh, I feel like most people don't know they're pregnant. Exactly. He makes it no matter. There's no exceptions. You, you can't get an abortion. And uh, yeah, this lit the internet's on fire. People, I saw a thread yesterday where people were rehashing the 2016 pro- D- Democratic primary, blaming all this on Bernie Sanders <laughs> because he oh. cost Hillary the election. And I'm oh, like, oh, man. Like, look, I you know, I get like, I completely understand. Like, it's understandable. People are upset, but that is not you. Got, you that's not why this happened. Like, yeah, let's focus on you know the the why, why this is going on <laughs> and For what reals. you could do about it. Yes, and not uh, 
trying to you know blame Bernie Sanders from five years ago. <laughs> Pretty sure it's a Texas issue. Yes, right here. definitely. <laughs> and uh, the the funny thing was is when you talk about TikTok. Uh, all these TikTok users spammed the website. Like the crazy thing about this is you can you can snitch on people who are trying to get an abortion and they pay you ten thousand dollars. Yeah, it's like communism, right? <laughs> like like someone's doing wrong, do you snitch and then you get money, right? One that, of my students was reading nineteen eighty four yesterday and I was oh, like, okay. What an interesting book <laughs> yes. to be reading right during now. these times. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, but yeah, like it's just in, I mean, that's going Mm. so far above and beyond. Like you can be charged with helping. So like for driving them to like an abortion clinic, like Like being an accomplice, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so, I'm like, are you guys really that afraid of abortions? (laughs) Like this is what, yeah. But you know, but if you've seen what's happened in Texas the last year, obviously (laughs) they're not focused on real problems. No. But especially when like people complain about my body, I should I should choose to wear a mask or not, right? And yet they're making these rules for women, you know, and it's just not fair, obviously. Like, and it's uh, mm-hmm. you know, the people affected by this are going to be you know the the poor people, like mm-hmm. rich people will still be able to get abortions. It's of course, the poor mm-hmm. poor people who who can't and just they act like I don't know. It, it's so this issue mm-hmm. that doesn't affect people personally. Is so personal to people. I don't understand. It's wild how they've just internalized you know, this this position as such you know, a big part of their identity. Especially like like you know you know religion feels deep rooted in this. And Texas uh, religion is big, like football, <laughs> and this is just very deep rooted in that. And they feel it's an attack on them, but it shouldn't be because people don't understand. separation of church and state. Yeah, and people don't, people don't understand. They can't separate it in their mind. We're not a theocracy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, covering the founding fathers right now in class, <laughs> and the the care they went to separate church and state, and 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 make sure all these influence, and just to to see this mm-hmm. is is insane. Yeah, because like when people run, you know, they want people like with a certain religious background to be married. It's like a model, and I feel it's like entrained the religion and everything, even though they try to separate it. Yeah, so it's. It's tough, you know? The only thing separated is just taxes, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, churches just don't pay taxes. <laughs> but other than that, like, everything is in laws and things like that. And, like, shouldn't be that way. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's a way, it, to me, it's just a way. For, uh, I, I can't. <laughs> Let's hard. move on. It's hard. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Rogan got the coronavirus. Yeah, and De La Hoya did, too. It's crazy. Yeah, De La Hoya is actually, but he's vaccinated. Yeah, and he's like, he's in the hospital, like all wild things are going on. With yeah, him. he had to cancel his fight. Mm-hmm. And and Joe Rogan is taking ivermectin too, I believe. Yeah, uh, the D, the horse yeah. dewormer. Yeah, he's <laughs> spurting that up his holes or whatever, however you take that. It's like, <laughs> it's so crazy. Well, what, like, is, what does that do? Like explain, like, you know. It's a horse dewormer. Okay. Yeah, and there was yeah. some it's, study that showed that it might help people's immune systems because it's good for uh it's, like it's good for something uh mm-hmm. like rashes or something who knows <laughs> like it, we were it, talking it's about not this. a it's not for covid obviously yeah. no. and and um i i just this morning saw finally i was waiting for this headline uh which is um people ending up in emergency rooms from taking ivermectin Okay. And yeah, now I you can that. imagine what that's doing when you have a actual emergency mm-hmm. or somebody with a severe case of COVID. Um, now they're in the hospital for this 
other thing. Yeah. Fake <laughs> supposed cure. cure. Yeah. Um, and it's taken cure. away. It's taken away resources from people who have uh, not self-induced illnesses. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. We. I just right before we started on Twitter, I saw a doctor in Oklahoma said yes, they had Oklahoma. to yeah yes. turn away uh, yes. gunshot victim because uh, the hospital was filled with uh, people overdosing on and and what is it ivermectin ivermectin <laughs> yeah the horse dewormer. And it's just, you know, it's like... So it's, you could get it easily? Or you just order it on, you know... Yeah, you can, go to, you can the just place, go to a horse supply. Oh, okay. The place yeah. in Reno ran out of it. Because, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> because so many people were taking it. I saw that the other day. And, uh, like, wow. people are complaining because they actually need it for their horses. Yeah. That's what makes me upset. My wife has a horse. And so I'm like, this better not take away from the health of our horses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, you're willing to put this in your body, but not the vaccine. That's not, the, the vaccine. not the actual they, proven yeah. thing. Yeah. Millions and millions of people have taken safely. But and now it's just... FDA approved for all you people out there yeah. <laughs> that were weary about FDA approval. This is definitely the dumbest timeline. <sighs> Someone was like, you guys realize other countries could see us, right? Yeah. I'm like, they <laughs> They've been laughing for a long time once, at us. Once, once again, back to De La Photos, America is the fuckboy of all the countries. <laughs> we are very young and very fuckboyish. Yeah, just go to Europe and just have a few chats with people. They'll tell you what's going on. No, it's 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 a crazy because they, they, like when I went to Europe, they like, hey, you know, like what's going on over there? Like it was like a, a good conversation starter at the bar. You They're know? like mad at you. Like, wait a minute. Yeah. They're like, hey, do you support do you support Trumpito? And I was like, nah, fuck that guy. And they're like, all right, you're cool. <laughs> like, let's have a pint or two, you know. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then we would talk some more. And they're like, you're not like an average American. And I was like, probably. <laughs> There's a lot of not average Americans. And <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of us. Yeah. And uh, the, the there's a certain percentage that are dragging down the yeah the hole. <laughs> yeah. And that happens for everything, but you know, <laughs> like, like not all of us are injecting. Ivermectin. Bleach and ivermectin <laughs> yeah. and whatever else yeah. into ourselves. Because who knows where you put that horse warmer, you know? <laughs> yeah. I feel it's not in a, I feel not in a good spot. Yikes. Well, and something less less important, <laughs> but just serious. <laughs> the internet's also this uproar about. has been so just, you know, it's a good distraction from everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I had my students doing a current event yesterday, and one of them was like, I can't find anything positive. And I was like, welcome to the, the world we live in. Like, she's, I'm like, I'm going to try it. I went to like NPR, multiple websites. It's tough right and now. I was like, oh, I found a story. I'm like, this whole community came together to help this teenager that had been hospitalized with COVID. And I kept reading the headline. It was like, oh, but they're still refusing to get vaccinated. Never mind. Uh. I thought. But yeah. Uh, so Kanye West came out with released Donda last week or his Donda record has, label. Donda has been found. And then uh, Drake released his newest album, Certified Lover Boy, yesterday, and it set all sorts of record. But just the pettiness between the two of them and people inferencing, you know, what's being said and going on between the two of them. It's just, it, it was a great time to be on the internet yesterday afternoon, <laughs> just to be distracted by this nonsense yes. between the two of them and. Uh, it's, it's so hilarious. Neither one of the albums, I mean, are are awesome. Are they? Uh, they're not classics. You could listen to them, but it's but uh, yeah, we'll let you form your own opinion. But uh, it's just you know, people get mad, but I'm like, you can't. Sometimes you just need an escape. And mm-hmm. uh, being able to spend an hour yesterday listening to Drake's <laughs> album and w- reading the reactions and people, mm-hmm. you know, trying to say like, what's he saying here? <laughs> I'm picturing Kanye West listening to it all mad. Yeah. Uh, it's great. Mm-hmm. It's great. You know, 
<laughs> listening to it all mad. Yes. <laughs> this makes yes. me so upset. Yes, because he's, you know, there's a, there's a petty move of the week we'll, we'll talk and, about in a little bit. You and know. just nice. Kanye, his, like, so the, I, I sent this article to Brad, and, like, this guy nailed it. Like, Kanye demands our our fandom yeah. with his actions not his music more than any like like he was living in a house he constructed in on on the field at, in chicago at soldier field trying to complete this album and he's like that's the most kanye thing ever mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah and he's like i'm 10 years ahead like this will be a classic in 10 years or something it's just Oof. like no no you've been saying that for 10 years bro yeah. <laughs> And yeah. that's not true. Like, your music's getting worse. Yes. So, I don't, you know. And then the next verses. This is going to have oh, my favorite person. Yeah, Sean's favorite rapper, Ja Rule, versus Fat Joe. And just, fuck Ja Rule. God, I'm like, Fat Joe, why are you stooping down to his level? You couldn't find someone else uh, worthy of your <laughs> verses? I can't wait for that one. Dude, 50 Cent's already got stuff in the... In the bank, ready for to meme it out. I'm, I'm gonna, I, yeah. I, I just, I want to. talk. We got it. We're gonna have to do a special thing about that, so yeah. I can talk shit about <laughs> the whole time. Maybe like a live, uh, you know, uh, Twitter thing. <laughs> Who knows? Well, uh, yeah. What's what's this petty move of the week? Okay, so Kanye for Donda, he bought extra. <coughs> excuse me. He bought extra billboards in Toronto, for <laughs> you know, because you know Drake's from Toronto, and then so he bought more than usual billboard space uh, for his album release. And he also gave away Drake's address on the interwebs. <laughs> and, it's, and it's funny, too, because people from, from Toronto know exactly where Drake lives. And it's not a big deal, but he probably thought it was. So, And that's why Drake was just laughing on that TikTok or Instagram, yeah. whatever, of him just laughing about it. Because everybody already knows. And then this morning, mm-hmm. to get back at Kanye, Drake released <laughs> a, like, like, leaked a Kanye West song, a diss track about Drake. He released it, uh, like leaked it to uh, the internet, mm-hmm. and everyone was like, "This song's really good." And it had it had Andre three thousand on it, and then uh, of course they took it down. But they're like, "Man, like he's just ruining Kanye's play. He's a step ahead of Kanye." Yes, <laughs> and uh, it's just it's, the, it's good. It's, it's good so, to watch this pettiness out yeah. there. It it's like hurt. it's it a marketing hurt. ploy. It's yeah. like who cares? Just who have cares? fun with it. Yeah, it's meaningless. <laughs> it ultimately is not going to affect our lives. Yes. Let us get some joy out of it. Have you seen the rest of the world and what's going yeah. on? Because either there's natural disasters, <laughs> right? Texas, COVID, <laughs> COVID, ivermectin, yeah, <laughs> like horse warmings <laughs> in people's bodies, and yeah. So this is this is good, and it's good to see. Yeah. No, and it's funny with like natural disasters, you can't live anywhere in America. West Coast is burning, having heat waves. The Midwest, um, you know, uh, hurricanes or uh, floods, and then the East Coast, crazy thunderstorms, and it's, yeah, it's wild. It's like flooding half the country, mm-hmm. and the other half just is burning up, burning and, and dry, and, and can't breathe. <laughs> uh, I was like, look at this hellscape we're living. <laughs> One of my students was like, I'm just a- a- anxious all the time. I'm like, hey man, like. Everyone is, bro. We're just trying to do our pandemic best yeah. to get through this. Like, yeah. we're, this isn't. You should be upset. This isn't normal human. I, yeah. I know you're 17, and this is normal mm. to you, but this is not normal. No. Mm-hmm. This is not how the world's supposed to be. Yeah. And back full circle, the news keeps you know putting that stuff out there instead of like good stuff. 
Those corporations winning. <laughs> right, guilty. Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> Our headlines yesterday, air quality is going to be bad all weekend. More people are dying. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's not. Horse I mean, we just need to yeah. do better. Yeah. We just Don't need take to the do... ivermectin. Yeah. yeah. We need to do better. We need to, if we want these headlines to improve, we're yeah. going to have to be better as a species. Yes. <laughs> well, I took photos of the rib cook-off. I mean, there we that's, go. That's kind of neutral. You know? yeah. There we go. A lot of us yeah. like rib. Balloon except, races are next week. Yeah, except yeah. like with the Jesse had like an anti-rib cook-off, rib cook-off. Who did? The Jesse. Really? Yeah, they had like a rib cook off their own little thing at the Jesse. But it's like with anti- ribs though. Yeah, but yeah, oh. but it, it was funny because I should go to that. Yeah, that it said it good. said it was like anti rib cook off, but they were having ribs. Well, because so like, they don't let lo- like local vent a lot of local vendors. Uh-huh. There's only two locals at the yeah. rib cook. There's uh, Brothers, Brothers Barbecue mm-hmm. and BJ's. Yeah, and that's it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that's why they did it. Well, mm-hmm. well. Uh, we're gonna play my song of the week <laughs> after you know we were talking about Drake, and I have a song off that. Oh, this one has Rick Ross and Lil Wayne. Rick Ross. It's like a throwback to 2010 or something, yeah. uh, and it doesn't disappoint. Like the, listen to the album. They're, they did uh, <laughs> "I'm Too Sexy." They did like a they they flipped that uh, Rod Stewart and, <laughs> with uh, with Future yeah. and Young Thug and like uh, Kawhi Leonard's in the music video. <laughs> what? It's so funny. It's and it's like I'm like this song's so ridiculous, but this song's actually good. You only live twice. Drake, Rick Ross, Lil Wayne. Listen and enjoy. No, I'm never gang banging in my blue chest. Money calling, so I do the do up. Yeah, they plotting on me, but they gotta do something. Tell my dog to some just to shoot something. Left them niggas stressed out on the train tracks. Don't ask me about relaxing Not sure if you know, but I'm actually Michael Jackson The man I see in the mirror is actually going platinum Unthinkable when I think of the way these niggas been acting Yo I never did you nothing and you play like we family, huh? Next thing you want to shoot me down, it can't be love Not sure where you was trying to send it, it can't be up That day you sounded like a bitch, you fancy, huh? Damn how can I forgive like this? I got to debt a lot of shit just to live like this. I had to fuck a lot of girls to get a kid like this. I had to get a lot of cribs to get a crib like this, nigga. That's why I'm moving all elusive. These boys on their last resort and it's giving us all inclusive. Been spazzing since CB was chunking up the deuces, nigga. Your shit was boo-boo. Excuses, excuses, nigga. Like I speak and I ain't speaking to them niggas I ain't starving, I'm just greedy All I eat is pussy niggas Don't wanna see these pussy niggas 
Adidas for me, nigga. I got bitches doing lines. I'm Adidas, some nigga. I got sentences to some time, and it was easier than simple. I'm so difficult to fathom, like a fever in the winter. I got women in the phantom with their cleavage out the window. Long hair, lot of tats, and I smell like the pack money trail right on track with that big body made back like it's a little Pontiac. All my chains are like snakes. That's some real diamond backs. Pull my hammer out of pussy, pull her nails out my back. I don't chill, I react on the scale. My pockets fat into this well. You like a ant? I'm a dog. If you a dog, then pull your tail up out your ass. None is codeine. I'm a turtle with a shell shock my ass. I'm the hottest on the cell block. I promise I can fly to check my mailbox. Invoices sounding like Jill Scott. Pill pop house and hitting heels on the hilltop. Her ears pop. She lick my lollipop and my teardrops too. Welcome back, guys. That was Sean's Song of the Week. And that was You Only Live Twice by Drakey Poo featuring Rick Rouse and uh, Lil Wayne. Yeah, like I said, um, I listened to the whole album. I will say this about the album. Drake raps his ass off on this album. There's You don't get the R&B Drake. You don't get a lot of In Your Feelings Drake. A little singing. You're, you're getting a rapper Drake. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw this meme where it was like, broke up with my girlfriend so i could get in the mood for drake <laughs> <laughs> he made a mistake yes <laughs> it's you're not that's not the drake you know there's many drake has many forms yes and uh he, he's not in your feelings drake it's not r&b drake it's not pop drake like battling it's, meek drake? it's rapper yeah it's rapper drake okay. and uh it was a nice change dude hit the the squad he has behind him like they know what they're doing yeah, marketing like even though he has you know ghostwriters probably you know things like that. I know that's frowned. He's upon. a businessman. Yes, not a bit, not a business man. They're like he hasn't come down from that tower mm. from from views. <laughs> yes, he's still up there. Like he, and that's he's, good. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, let's let's move on to the meandering questions yes. for Bob here. Oh boy, we've got <laughs> several questions that we're going to ask you and just answer them. We, we used to call them rapid fire, but we went in depth. They're more like you know short answer response questions. <laughs> yes. So uh, Short you, need to, you need to, you know, talk in complete sentences and, and justify your reasoning, <laughs> yeah. as I would say to my students. Yeah. <laughs> they complain about writing in complete sentences all the time, but I'm like, you guys are 17 years old. Because they're used to this. I they're need, used right. to the text I, I need some complete like, sentences. And everything's yeah. abbreviated. Abbreviated. I don't understand, I don't understand stuff, yeah. too. I'm like, yeah. yeah, we're just older. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I sound like an old man complaining, like, God damn it, I can't get him to write in complete sentences. <laughs> yeah. But anyways. Yeah. <laughs> What is something that you see on a regular basis as a journalist that would be shocking to the average person? Mm. Shocking? Nothing really shocking. <laughs> okay. Um, maybe surprising. Um, in the process of news gathering, sometimes you'll have an hour-long conversation with an elected official, uh, official to get a one-sentence quote. <laughs> that happens a lot. Yeah. Like they'll they'll love to talk as long as they're not being quoted. Yeah, and that that happens a lot. Oh you man, know? and I, I'm mm-hmm. not going to name names, but you can you know it's your yeah. usual suspects. And, we know. And but and, and I would I would also say that's true for me too because mm-hmm. I mean I'll have that conversation. I'm like, well, you're not going to quote me either, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll be candid with you too, <laughs> off off the record. <laughs> yeah, oh, put the pen yeah. pad down. Yeah. So it, it, it's I mean even my wife says this is off the record, right? And I'm like, honey. How many times have I quoted you on this as Reno? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> um, so, like, yeah, people people assume mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm just going to start, 
you know, writing down everything's recorded. Yeah, no, and that's not how I how I do that. I mean, Mm. I my my view is okay. Let's okay. You told me what's going on. Now we're on the record, and Uh, we and then we'll do a quote. You know that kind of thing, and that's just um, you know, and some of that is is some of us think out loud. You know, right? If I quote somebody saying something and it's really stupid, um, you know, they might not ever talk to me again. If I didn't give you have to weigh that, like yeah. So you got to constantly like. Like you said, weigh that or finesse you know, it. Yeah, it's a judgment mm-hmm. call. It's like, well, do you want to burn a bridge with this person? Um, and sometimes the answer is absolutely yes, <laughs> of course. Um, or do you want to have an established relationship mm-hmm. with them over the next four years that they're in office or whatever, yeah. and and have that conversation? So I think that you know, I think perhaps the question is, uh, people may be more surprised that when they talk to me, we're not necessarily having an on the record conversation mm-hmm. until I say, okay, we're having a, you know, and then we agree. Like here's sort of the the ground rules. Do you think TV plays a role in that? The way they portray journalists, journalists yeah. as like all the always in these got you moments mm-hmm. where oh, that was off the record. Yeah, yeah, and you know, th- I mean, you have a right to do that as a journalist, but again, it, it's a judgment call. I mean, I don't mind pissing off a PR person mm-hmm. necessarily, but um, or even an elected official. I and mean, that that you can't do journalism if you're concerned about those things, yeah, and right. that's just going to happen naturally as part of the process. But um, yeah, I think TV news is a little bit you know mischaracterized. Um, you know, most when I was worked for the state and was a a public information officer and was getting interviewed a lot and provided information, I I think I had. By and large, pretty good relationships with the local media people, and there, nobody was rolling in with their cameras. Like, well, there was there was one person from Channel Four about a more than a decade ago who did that, and she was just an idiot, and she didn't last long in this market for the reason that she just lost, you know, like nobody wanted to talk to her. They just, yeah. she was just really rude and aggressive, and and um, you know, by and large, you don't see that much anymore, but um, it can happen. You know, if somebody's being a, a real jerk and they're an elected official or something, you know, yeah, you can go in there with your camera rolling and start, mm-hmm. you know, hey, why won't you talk to me? I mean, you could do that. It's not my style. Yeah, but, right, right. You know, um, so, yeah, I would just say, you know, that maybe the surprising thing is sometimes I'll spend months on a story to it'll be 500 words you know (laughs) (laughs) because you know you're trying to search for what what the angle might be or what the relevant information is and it's just not there or you know so you know sometimes that's that's surprising i guess nice all right next question what is the best music venue you've played at and best music venue you watched the show at Ooh, could be the same thing uh, not the best venue that I've played at, but the most like dramatic and like the the, the experience that I'll always you know carry with me uh, for the rest of my life is uh, my old band from the '90s opened for Green Day in Hawaii um, at uh, the Pearl Harbor Navy base. Oh, that's oh, awesome! Wow. That's that awesome. was insane. There's yeah, video. Yeah. You can. There's some old video. I mean, this was in '97, I think, or '96. That's on um, record. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there's you can see some. We have a few mm. clips of it still from uh, from way back then. But um, there was like six thousand people there. I mean, it was a full stage. You know, I mean, it was mm. insane. And uh, I've never played in front of an audience like that um, before or since. Okay. So nice. yeah, no, that's that was, awesome. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. That, that was a, a wild experience. It was a lot of fun, and um, yeah, that was very memorable. Um, 
Now, was it the best music venue? Probably not. Um, I don't know. I mean, to me, like the the best music venue, it's got to sound good. It's got to have a good sound and all that stuff. And we don't have a lot of those necessarily in Reno. But I've had great gigs at like the Holland Project or um, the Old Alley, whatever that is mm-hmm. now. I forget what that's called now. Um, you know, I've played Cargo or whatever. What is it? Sierra Brew House or, or yeah. I played there once. Not no, not Cargo. Um, Virginia Street Brew House. Yeah, the Virginia Street uh, Brew House. I played there once, but, but that room doesn't sound very good. It's tough. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, trying to think where else I've played. I can't remember. I mean, I've played hundreds of shows, and I mean, I've played in a trailer at a trailer park. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're in tons of basements. You yeah. Know? Um, and things like that. And sometimes those are the best shows too, just because they're so intimate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, What's the best food spot in Reno, and where's one place you'll never go again? Okay, I'll start with the last one. I'll probably <laughs> never go to Applebee's again. Okay. <laughs> it's Hard just, save. Yeah, yeah. It's just a little too corporate food, I guess. Um, now, to answer, the best, I, I would say the one that I'm most loyal to is probably go. Brothers Barbecue. Okay. I, all through the pandemic, I was there once a week, every week. Nice. I have not stopped. What's your favorite <laughs> thing there? Ah, uh, the brisket, probably. Okay. Yeah, the brisket. Mm. Brisket and ribs. I bought a full rack from them yesterday at the rib cook-off, too. I love that place. The food is great. The people are really nice. Um, yeah, I, I, I just and I love barbecue. So yeah. I'm a I total like, meat I like, eater. I like <laughs> that Texas tater they have. Yeah, I haven't had that yet. Yeah. It's it's like a baked potato with uh, brisket and cheese and onions. Uh, yeah, and I love. It. I mean, they're just local. It's a local business, mm-hmm. and I love to. Support. We need more local barbecue places. Definitely. Yeah, we do. Some yeah. that do dry rub as well, because there's so much so much forms to barbecue that people don't know about. Yep. Mm-hmm. 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 And both of like BJ, I love BJ's and I love Brothers, but you know we need some more. Some Sparks some is pretty places. good too. Mm-hmm. The Sparks one. Sparks. Oh yeah, Sparks Smokehouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's pretty good. That place is good. It's just yeah. it's kind of out of the way now. Yeah, it is. But yeah, that, I forgot. I always forget about because it, it used to be on Clearacre, and I used to go there mm-hmm. sometimes for lunch. But yeah, they moved. I go to Plaza Maya a lot too. Um, That's a good over yeah. on South Wells. Yeah. I, I love I love yeah. that place. Mm-hmm. That's good food too. Those are probably my favorites. Nice. nice. Yeah. Next one. Uh, favorite watering hole bar. Ooh. For me, probably craft. Mm, craft nice. is always good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Craft wine and beer is good. Uh, my wife and I we go to Mill Street a lot. The uh, Ten Door, um, mm-hmm. just because nice. it's kind of in our neighborhood. Um, you know, I like Z Bar too. Sometimes I haven't been there in a while, mm-hmm. but I, I really like uh, Z Bar, especially that back patio see. is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I like places like that. Um, yeah, those are kind of my my regular haunts, I guess you could say. Nice, <laughs> yeah, nice. All right, who is your favorite drummer of all time? Uh, this is a loaded question. <laughs> Top three we, we didn't say something. best. Yeah, we didn't say best because you know people have different styles. So. But see, the the reason why they're my favorite though is is you really got to go like you have to trace the lineage of why they're they're my favorite. Like, so if I say Stuart Copeland from the Police, which is going to be top of mind, mm-hmm. um, uh, but but why is that? Well, he really kind of appropriated his whole style and feel and all that was really from the, like the reggae drummers, okay, like Carlton right. Barrett, you know? And so I can't say Stuart Copeland without mentioning like the reggae drummers that, that came before him that really kind of pioneered that, that kind of one drop beat that, that he really made mainstream. Um, so I really like him. Um, 
I'm really sad that Charlie Watts died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, really sad about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's tons of great drummers uh, out there. There's, a, I mean, Larnell Lewis is incredible. I mean, that guy is just insane. There's a new kid I've been following out of New York City. His name's Grayson. I can't pronounce his last name. Uh, 18 years old. And this dude will play Buddy Rich note for note at the same tempo to the videos live. I mean, he is a monster. Nice. 18 years old. Nice. Incredible drummer. See, this is what we, we know a lot of drummers. And yeah, uh, that's yeah. why I, I, I love to hear drummers talking because it's a passion and, and hearing uh, the, the love you guys have mm-hmm. and, and the influences. You study the craft and you see who came before you and the influences. That's why we love to ask this question mm-hmm. to drummers. Yeah, uh, Brian Blade is another one I've, I've really been turned on to in the last decade or more. Uh, he's a, a, a jazz drummer. He's sort of like there's like this little sort of family of New Orleans drummers. Uh, Brian Blade is one. Um, Johnny Vidakovich is one one of his Brian Blade's teachers. And then who's um, the the real famous guy? I follow him on all the social media. Um, he was also a, a protege of Johnny Vidakovich. Um, but they're just great, like feel melodic drummers, um, and and doing that kind of New Orleans jazz mm-hmm. feel, which is a great, you know, it's kind of that second line, you know, that kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah. that second line beat is is really kind of fun. Um, trying to think who else, but yeah, I mean, pro- I would say like Stuart Copeland. Uh, you know, I like metal drummers too sometimes, <laughs> and punk drummers. I mean. F- you know, Troy Moat from Seven Seconds here in Reno is one of my all-time favorite punk drummers. And Pierre Marche, the guy I'm mm-hmm. now playing in his band, another great uh, local drummer who's uh, really good. Um, I don't know. I, could I mean, that's it. an expansive yeah. answer. Like, yeah, yeah, you could talk forever. <laughs> you people, talk forever. Yeah, if you're a drummer, those, go look those people up. Yeah, Topper Heaton from The Clash is another good one. He also kind of appropriated from Carlton Barrett, um, that kind of reggae you know, putting the reggae into funk or uh, into punk rock kind of thing, which is kind of a good good thing. Um, there's just a lot of great drummers out there. There's a great documentary on Netflix that just came out a few weeks ago. I forget what it's called, but it is an interview with a lot of drummers, and and they talk about like their influences and why they do what they do. And it's got um, the guy from Chains Addiction. It's got um, oh man uh, Taylor Hawkins and Dave Grohl. I mean, it's got you know just all these yeah. like really famous. Um, um, Carlos Santana's drummer, she's incredible, uh, amazing feel, and she's actually a jazz drummer, but she can do rock like nobody's business. And um, yeah, there's just a lot of them. Nice. Yeah. All right, last one. Uh, favorite coffee spot or tea spot? You're wearing the shirt. Oh yeah, See? yeah, Magpie. Magpie yeah. I love Magpie. Salute to Magpie. Yeah. Favorite um, neighborhood? You know, it's it's right there in that neighborhood, and yeah, yeah. Oh, I like. Um, you know, uh, I like Bebo too, and you know a lot of those. Um, yeah, yeah. But Magpie is like when I want to go and hang out and have coffee, I'll mm-hmm. go to Magpie nice. or, or meet with people and just talk shit. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. Yeah, it's great and great coffee too. Yeah. Well, that is the meandering questions. You made it through. You passed <laughs> with excellent answers, yes. I might say. Mm-hmm. But uh, as we as we move forward, we're almost done. Uh, Caesar, you want to talk about this local event? Yeah, so uh, not kind of, it's kind of local in Sacramento uh, on October second. Double or nothing is a b boy battle in the Rust Room. So the homie, the homie DJ Ethic, you Wh- know what is that? What is a? I don't know what that is. B boy, they just break dance and battle each other. Oh, yeah, be, we need that here. Yeah, 
Yeah. So uh, the homie DJ Ethics. Is he going to be one of the judges? No, I think he's playing music. Ah. And then, but uh, Mighty Bush, made my, I can never say his name. He's like part of it. Uh, like, But there's going to be judges and stuff like that. Um, but it's it looks fantastic. Uh, I'm going to try to get out there. Nice. Mm-hmm. October 2nd, you say? October 2nd. Mm-hmm. All right. And shout-outs and call-outs. This week, we're going to give a shout-out to the Just One Listen podcast. Uh, they he listened to our podcast, reviewed it, and uh, gave us some good pointers. We yes. were we were featured this week on his podcast, so uh, make sure you check it out if you mm-hmm. if you're a podcaster or, or uh, are looking for new podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, each week he reviews a different podcast, so it's called Just One Listen Podcast. He's a veteran podcaster. He's got several other podcasts that he's yeah. been doing for like 15 years. I think the old yeah the, the first one he started he said in 2005. So uh, give them a listen. Gave us some love this week. Uh, so return the favor and uh, go check it out. Yeah, thanks a lot. It was good. And uh, I think that's it. Uh, before we go, Bob, is there anything you want to uh, tell people about uh, This Is Reno that they, they should know? Or, or tell them how they can you know subscribe and, and just where to find it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, so thisisreno.com, and then we're it's at thisisreno on, I think, all the social media, so you can find us pretty easily. Um, you know, the main thing is, as we talked about earlier, we really need support, and if you can afford to subscribe, uh, please do. It really helps us. I mean, we, we are almost at, to the to the point where all of our paying subscribers actually pay for our reporters salary, which is absolutely incredible. Uh, imagine if we could quadruple that, Yeah, yeah. you know, that would be really cool. And if you can't, uh, afford to subscribe, contact me, but you know, basically everybody, you can get free, three free articles a month. Um, one, you don't even have to sign in. So that's like people from out of market who, visit our site you know we don't want to bother them so you get one free article and then you sign in you get two free more mm-hmm. uh if you need more than that and you can't afford it just contact me and you know we might be able to work something out but it's less than seven dollars or eight dollars a month total which is about an average price for a, a news website mm-hmm. um so we really appreciate that um but even absent that if you just follow us on social media you know we're we do a lot of uh, on the spot stuff we're just you know images on instagram that talk about our stories and um you know you obviously we we do appreciate if you read the story before you comment on the image <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's a big issue somebody somebody we posted some i, I bet i yeah, bet we posted one on the, the rise of gun violence and somebody's like what does this have to do with reno i'm like you didn't read the article <laughs> because it explains it in yeah. the article and somebody got really mad at us because you know we mentioned like the number of gun deaths going up and and I'm like, well, this has nothing to do with Reno. And I'm like, well, if you read yeah, the article, read then, then you'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we get that a lot. People, People just, like to jump to conclusions yeah. and like just looking at a picture, like, yeah. or it doesn't say Reno in the first sentence, you know? Like, it's mm-hmm. like when I go to retweet on Twitter, it's like, are you sure you don't want to read this first? And mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, I do. And then I'll go read it and then I'll retweet it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bob, we appreciate yeah. taking uh, your, uh, your time out of your schedule to come. Uh, sit with us this morning uh, all you listeners out there make sure you check out this is reno thank you like we've talked about especially in the last year uh such great content uh locally whether it was with the pandemic uh the election um everything that's going on with schools just you know informing people and doing your part to to su- support our democracy <laughs> yes. or what's left of it we're trying, <laughs> we're trying. <laughs> 
<laughs> thank you so much. Yeah. No, it's been a pleasure and an honor. Um, thank you so much, Sean. I appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you, Susan. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Well, uh, make sure you listen every Friday night from 9 to 11, where Caesar and I play nothing but the best in all things hip-hop mm-hmm. on 97.7 K-Wink with our radio show up in the mix. And, uh, yeah, uh, I guess that's it for this week. We'll be back next week with another guest. So until then, stay hydrated, stay out of the smoke, and uh, try and be you know, a decent person. Yeah. Stay out of the smoke. Respect each other. Come on, guys. <laughs> Peace.